This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No don't care Headed my way For another place And I got Three good tires And a spare Right to the dang hook Just a white line Gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Whoa Budget Live, not so live, 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 live. And welcome to the low budget live bar and bunker, bar and grill. And we are back. We're back home. The triple threat and I, obviously, you saw it last week. Spent about four days down at uh, St. George Island, Apalachicola. We're back. We're back. And it was a big news week. And there's lots of stuff going on. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. If you are new to this program, the song you just heard is a song by myself, all by myself, written by myself, sang by myself, recorded by several people in a room. But that is Biloxi Blues, available on iTunes, available on Spotify. Get that question a lot. Get that question a lot. Where is it available? Spotatunes. Just invented something. There you go. Spotify, iTunes, you can find that. And if you are just finding yourself here and you're wondering what this is, this is Low Budget Live and you are now a low lifer. It's with the loyal, faithful listeners of the Low Budget Live podcast. 
refer to themselves as. I didn't start calling people lowlifers. They gave the name to themselves, and they are very proud to wear that. And there's a bunch of them, and I like being a lowlifer with them. So welcome. You are now a lowlifer. Hope all y'all are doing well out there. It has been a big news week in my life personally. As you saw, two podcasts this week. One of them was pre-recorded. Should have put that at the bottom screen. A little pre-recorded from a secret business meeting that happened in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee with the NPFL, the league, as we're calling it, the league. And it was announced that your boy has taken low budget live to higher budget commentating live. <laughs> and I'm going to be the head commentator, the host, if you will, the face, one of the faces, but the first face announced for the National Professional Fishing League kicking off in March 2021. If you missed that video, go back and watch it. I had Brad Fuller. Paul Benson from the NPFL on that podcast right here at this very bar and grill. Great time talking to those guys. Really enjoying getting to know those those fine folks. And uh, they got big plans. They got big plans for 2021 and beyond. And I'm I'm very excited. I'm anxious. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. The format's going to be a little different today. And here's why. Here's why. So I'm running way behind. Y'all know that I am. Uh, I, I am. Currently, I've talked about it on here, but I am working on Lake Teresa. We've talked about it on here. I've got a video coming out later this week about Lake Teresa, showing you the you know the build, so to speak. Going to do a video series on that private lake we're building. Look, small guy, small guy, three acres, whatnot. So, Lake Teresa, and I was out there working with Dad, placing structure. Had the boys out there. It's kind of been a crazy afternoon. You'll see in the video why, but lots of things happen while we were out there. It's crazy, but we've got rain coming, and this thing's filling up with water. It's nuts. So anyways, I was out there. We had work doing. I realized I'm supposed to be doing a podcast with a guest literally right now, so I'm going to give him a text. So we're going to start with a call today, see if we can get him. He, he is giving us the LBL exclusive to all the craziness going on in his life because he is a lowlifer himself. He is a low lifer himself. He doesn't necessarily always agree with everything I've got to say, but he is a low lifer. He is a guy that, uh, for me, it's very strange. I've had him on a few times, but for me, it's very strange to be friends with some of your childhood fishing heroes. And this is this is one of those for me. He's he's a guy I got to know on the FLW tour. He is a guy that shoots from the hip like I do. He will say, Bubba, that sucks. Bubba, you suck. Uh, Bubba, this sucks. You better catch them better, Bubba. You better not be throwing what you're throwing. You're going to get beat. I mean, he's a very honest guy. He just completed his first year on the Bass Pro Tour. Eva, he did fairly well there. He also just wrapped the FLW Tour Super Duper tournaments up with an Top 10, which he is no stranger to the top 10 in FLW competition whatsoever. He is the all-time leading money winner from FLW, and that is Mr. David Dudley. And we're going to see if we can get him on the phone, because we got a, a lot of things to ask him. Hello. Double D. What's up, buddy? 
What's going on, LBL? LBL in the house. Let me ask you this. I saw on Instagram yesterday you were driving a tractor. Are you still driving a tractor today? No, I just got kicked out of the racquetball court because they're shutting down the YMCA at 4 o'clock on a Sunday. So what? I got two games of racquetball in, and we won both games. So you're just thumping heads in racquetball then, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't heard that. I think the last time I had you on LBO, or one of the times I've had you on LBO, you were just finishing a racquetball game. I do remember that. I do. Yeah, I love I love this sport, man. It's it's a good sport. It keeps my it keeps your quick thinking, quick decisions in shape, and it keeps your body in shape. Uh, okay, so for all y'all watching this on YouTube, comment below if you thought going into this that you knew everything about David Dudley. He puts his life out there on his YouTube channel. You followed him for years between FLW and the BPT and Bassmaster back in the day. Did you think that he was like a pro racquetball player? I need that comment. I need those comments. I need to know <laughs> if y'all thought, if y'all ever thought, man, you know what? I bet Dudley just, I bet he's a racquetball guru. Hey, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there even more. So if there is a listener that is a racquetball player and you in Somewhere in your city, you get in touch with me, and we will go play racquetball. Oh, come on. I like that. Yeah. I like so that. Follow the, tour, follow the tour wherever I'm at. If you're a smack-talking <laughs> racquetball player, hit me up, and we'll go play. Dude, I'm going to learn how to play racquetball just so I can play you, because I have to see this, because your intensity level when fishing is, like, more than most people, and I can't even imagine what it's like in that kind of competitive environment. Now, oh, it, I, it, I haven't played in a while, and just in two games, my voice is about gone from me <laughs> screaming and running my mouth, and so I need to I need to get my vocal cords back in shape. So, so is it like a a league you play in there at home, or is it just some buddies that you meet up and play with? How's that work? Yeah. It, so this is how it all went down. I played football, basketball, baseball since I was six years old. Never missed a season. So I graduated cold turkey of sports. And a guy introduced me to racquetball when okay. I was 17, year, 17 years old. And I've been, I'm 44 now, and I've been playing it ever since. That's awesome. And it's so yep. funny to me, you see so many guys gravitate towards competitive fishing now that were baseball players. You know, there's lots of guys that play triple-A ball, like Russ Lane's one that comes to mind for me, played triple-A ball. But it's a natural progression for something competitive, too. So is that kind of where your tournament fishing came from, too? Is that that love of competition and sports being cold turkey cut from you after I high think, school? I think when I came out of my mama's womb, I was talking smack out of my mama's womb <laughs> now, of competition. Now, I believe that. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Well, it, racquetball, though, is serious. No, it, it is. It's such a quick and fast sport, and you have to take your mind. Like, everything's based on instinct and, and quick decisions, and I think it it carries over into fishing. I actually think it helps me that's awesome. uh, in my mental game out on the, on the court when, you know, it transpires over into fishing. It's an awesome sport, and it, you got to be in shape. you got to be a hustler, and I love it. I that, love it. That's awesome, buddy. Well, all right, we got uh, – I, t- I told the guy – I literally, you know, normally my format, I kind of – I talk a long-winded, and then I have a guest towards the end. I'm running behind today because I've been down working on the farm myself, and I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to start LBL with Dudley. And then I'm going to get into all the craziness of my life and, and everything going on in the sport. But so you have, you just wrapped year one on BPT. You had a good year. Uh, and then you ended it with an exclamation point of another top 10 on the FLW tour at the super tournament. Talk about what that year was like for you as far as that, that, format which is very different from anything you've ever fished I, I remember talking to you in the beginning before you went and and you're like yeah man i don't know you were kind of nervous about it you were excited but but you didn't know so now one year removed from bass pro tour and the format talk about that what, what you're a veteran dude you've won it all pretty yeah. much what was it like it's it it is a very good format and it's but I put it to you like this way. I just got, you know, did a top ten at uh, where Sandusky, we Sandusky, <laughs> Sandusky, where we were at last week. It's just two different games. Like it's it's just a different Don't game. It's like somebody off. saying uh, Texas Hold'em and playing poker. It's two different formats. It's two different games. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the five fish format when I went back. I don't think either one of them, I favor either one of them greater than the other because I truly do enjoy both formats. But I can tell you probably the intensity might be a little bit higher because last week, I, you know, like I had a good limit in the live well, you know, decent limit, and I found myself just during the competition time taking my time, retiring. Yeah, yeah. And, it was like I wasn't pressured, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I said the pressure of the BPT, which is just a different game, versus the five fish game, it was like, whoa, this game's got a little bit more intense, but it doesn't mean that the better. Right, right. And I, I think I, I had Justin Lucas on, and we kind of talked about that, how – where in a five fish deal, like we've all got a goal in our mind when we start a five fish tournament day, right? Like a goal weight or what have you. Obviously, you want to catch as much as you can catch, but there are some places we know 15, 17, 18 pounds. That's a good day. You get there, you're like, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of breathe a little bit. But in that, in that MLF format, dude. I mean, it's hard to – it probably is hard, especially if you're at, towards the bottom or in, in the middle of the pack. It's probably hard to ever take a break because the score tracker's dinging going off and and you're, uh, you know, never at ease, I guess. Well, well if – now, I'm going to try to say this without saying it. If you're in the middle of the pack and you're playing the game, it's like – I don't know, playing a game of cards and you got a great hand and you're sitting with like five wild cards in your hand. Okay. Yeah. If, and basically if you're in the middle of the pack, you watch, you watch us throttle back. And I, I know in my head, Hey, I got a wild card. Hey, I got a log on a flat that I know I can go catch two keepers off if yeah. I need it. Right. So you're throttling back. So if you are in the middle of the pack, now the intense part of that game is in the top. Like if you're in the top three and you're battling for that championship round, oh, yeah, high stress. Oh, no now doubt. If you're, in the, if you're in the bottom of the pack, no doubt, like a, a few plus, you're in high stress. But it's almost like that middle of the pack, and I found myself in the middle of the pack just – 
you know, fortunate enough that every tournament, but them during knockout rounds where they clear the weight, <laughs> they, I, they got my I haven't figured that game out yet. And I think the biggest thing is, Luke, and you'll appreciate this coming from the tour, you know, we, we've been used to basically our whole career, right? And then we didn't have a 50-boat or 80-boat field like on Bassmasters. Yeah. So you, so you look, at, in, even in practice, even in game time, uh, tournament, you're kind of seeing where that pressure's at. Yeah, like, for okay, sure. You know, that pocket over there and a 200, you know, okay, that's getting hit. This is kind of, I didn't see many boats over here. This creek. So in our format, we fish a day and then a day off. Well, I I can't manage or understand the pressure that's getting in that area if you go in there and knock out round and whatever. Andy Morgan was was in there that your day off yeah. a little. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you go in there, champ, knock out round, expecting to throttle them again, and you're like, where'd they get? Where'd they go? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I get that, that for sure. That's kind of hard to to manage the not that you're managing, but you know to see pressure. And I I think a day off, the two days off a competition, I'm not getting a full feel for what I need to do for knockout round because I'm not on the lake. So and you can't wa- and you can't watch anything, and you don't know where guys are, so you have no idea. Yeah, yeah I see. I see no. where that could be a big deal because as a as a guy that's sitting at home watching it. And you see that you're fishing the same area as as you know whoever. Right. It's oh, like, oh boy, how's that going to play out when they get further? Yeah, I, I get it, man. I get it. That's yeah. that's wild. So, talk about uh, this year. I mean, you leave the tour. It's a big decision. Did you ever think that you would just end right back up in tour event, <laughs> tour events just a little while later? Like it was a big deal for you and your family. You're like, hey, I'm leaving what I've known, even though they were in the process of buying it and all that. But did you ever think that 2020, even though it's the craziest year in the history of all years, I feel like, to a certain extent, did you feel like you would wake up and be back with Bill Taylor at any point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I truly, when I walked away from the tour last year, you know, last year, I, I really, in my mind, I was like kind of sad. I was like, that was my last five-fish limit tournament. Yeah. You know, like at the I was – Truly, like, well, you know, that's it. You know, it's I, over. Yeah, you know, like I'm not going to ever play the game of Texas Hold'em again. Even though I love the game, it's like, wow, I'm I'm kind of over. And then next thing you know, I got I'm I'm breaking back my balance <laughs> beams. I'm bringing in the net. I'm doing all the packing my truck up for things I thought would never enter my boat again. <laughs> Yeah, I want to, you know, there were a lot of guys, y'all had 56, I think, to start out of the BPT, and I know there were guys that were for it, and there were guys that were against it, but you were one of the biggest names that definitely were like, you were like, hey, I got this, I know how this works, (laughs) and you said, did you have any problem, though, going back to that for you, was that like, hey, this is what we got to do, or was that frustrating at all for you to to fish the, not saying anything bad about the tour, I'm just saying, kind of going back after you got used to the BPT thing, was it something that you necessarily would have wanted to do, I guess? I enjoy the game. I keep. I know I keep referring to it. So it was. It was exciting and it was refreshing to me to go back and play a game that I hadn't played in a year. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It's been a whole 
full, oh, well, yeah, almost a full year. And then I get to go back and play a game, that game again. Oh, shoot, I loved it. And man. you've always fished as much as you can fish. I mean, that's how you feed your family. So you're fishing Costas, uh, you're fishing Bass Opens, you're fishing the Tour. You know, you've always done that. So what will you do next year? Are you, I mean, I, they're going to open that back up to you guys. Are you going to look at fishing the Tour and the BPT again? What, what, you know, how does that look for you right now just as that option comes out? Well, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can answer yet if I'm going to fish the tour. There's a or the pro you know, circuit, I guess of, I should say pro yeah, circuit now. Right on the, yeah, on the. Uh, so yeah, I'm not quite sure. There's options out there for sure, and I got, you know, you you, you as an angler, you got to take, you got to look at. I mean, this is our business, and you got to look at the scenario of hey. What is the entry fee? What is the payout? What is the entry fee? What is the pay? You know, we're looking at the payouts just as well as we are of anything. That's right. You know, profits so and losses, I, baby. Yeah, I gotta do a little bit studying to see what everybody's going to be paying out next year. You know, I'm, where the, I'm with where the top payouts are. I, I get you, and and so. I mean, you're going to pay, and, and I know this is this adds to it. You're paying entry fees on BPT next year, so I know that'll probably factor into your decision. Do you think as many guys will fish FLW the pro circuit next year as they did this year as kind of a filler? Do you think guys will do that as much again next year? Um, do you think you'll see 50 guys out of 80 do it again? Um, I Probably not. I'm going to say probably not because – you're looking at, you're looking at, if you were to, you know, we're going to have forty. That's eighty thousand, <laughs> eighty yes. thousand dollars in entry fees. And I think this year people were looking for, you know, a couple more ways to possibly make some money. But you know, I think people are going to, you know, look at their options too. Even if they do put up eighty, you know, another. $40,000, I mean, there's, in a circuit, you know, there's, you know, opportunities out there for $40,000. No, no you know, doubt about it. And, and there's know. a lot of, there's a lot of things coming up and, and, uh, and anglers are going to have more opportunities next year to at least pay big money and, and make big money next year for sure on that. And it, and it is, I mean, 80 grand, you're talking about a John Cox-like entry fee format right there. <laughs> that's like that's like old John. He just, he'll probably do it. He'll probably oh, fish he'll, everything. He'll, he'll fish everything. And, and thrift. And thr well, John yeah, Cox. maybe. Yeah, and maybe thrift. thrifty. Maybe thrifty. Yeah. So so let's let's move on. You have stirred the pot, and I know people want to know. I had a million comments. A million, uh, I say a million, of course I'm exaggerating, LBLers out there, but I had a lot of, man, you got to get Dudley on, you got to talk about this Tom Monsoor thing. Man, you got to get Dudley on, got to talk about this Monsoor thing. And you and I talked about it the other day a little bit, but you released a video, our buddy Mike Sermon, who is a class act of all class acts, I want to first of all say yeah. that. Sermon has yeah. been around since the very first year the FLW Tour was even a thing, okay? He made one of the first casts in FLWs. 96, I believe. Could be wrong. That's true. I never. I yeah, never every one. Of, he's fished every one of them ever, buddy. Every one of them ever. About yes. Yeah. Every FLW that has ever happened, Mike Sermon has fished it. 
with with the exception of a few cups here and there, whatever, he's made some championships, but every FLW. So this is an FLW through and through dude. He's been there uh, for a long time, Uh, but he got stuck on a sandbar and Tom Monsoor's family, mainly a son, I believe, but they run a, a airboat business up in on out of La Crosse, Wisconsin, on the Mississippi River, and people get stuck there a lot, okay? And I've talked about it on the podcast a bunch. From my experience up there, it's terrible. You're stuck constantly, especially in a low-water year. When we were there for the tour in 2017, there was a rumor floating around that it would cost like 500 bucks to get pulled off, and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to do that. Like, I thought all practice. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't have to get that Monster Airboat thing over here. So you're, you were rooming with Sermon, I'm guessing. He gets yep. stuck on a sandbar, and they charged him $2,500, and you decided, you know what? I need to make a video for Mike. But just walk us through that, because then you took the video down. and and But just walk me through what happened for those few days, because you stood up for your friend, and a lot, it got the attention of a lot of folks. Yeah, he <clears> – <throat> so – Oh, man, where do I start? So, yeah, definitely um, Mike got stuck. He called me that morning, got stuck on the sandbar. And, you know, I, I called Tom Monsoor because I figured, you know, he knows somebody to get him off the, the flat. So I called Tom not knowing. I had no idea that he had a towing service. Yeah. Had no idea that his son was operating the airboat. Had no idea that Karen Savick was the secretary. I had no idea about none of this, but I make a call to Tom, and I clearly, clearly remember he he tells me on the phone. He goes, "I said, hey, do you know anybody that can tow uh, somebody off?" And he goes, "Yeah, well, Jed can." Well, when he said Jed, I don't know who Jed is. I'm just oh, okay, a guy named Jed. Not cool. He goes, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm excited, right? And he goes, he goes, well, he's right here with me. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I still don't know who Jed is. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> like, this guy happens to be, you know. He's sitting at the bar with Tom Monsoor. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, or wherever. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was with Karen at the house. I don't know. But I just remember going, wow, what a coincidence. Well, um, then right before Tom hangs up, he goes, I'm just going to tell you, he's pretty expensive. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, when he said that. You're thinking he's going to do it. it he's just going to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you know, um, Mike's in a bad position. We tried rope. We tried pulling. We couldn't do it. So, but Tom literally said, He's ex- he goes, I'm going to tell you, he's expensive. <laughs> and he left. He left. But still, like, me and you, like, I, I really, I know it only costs $675 to take my boat on a tow truck from Arkansas to Virginia. Yeah, okay? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Ish Monroe takes his truck and his boat on a tow truck all the way to California for him for and back for fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so he, even if when Tom laughed about it, I was you know yeah of okay. course you're thinking probably not going to be that bad. He's just joking. And I'm not, and I'm not against anybody making a living. Of I'm course really not. not. 
Like, I'm not. I mean, if, hey, he's doing a service, it's their business, and if he comes out there and gets Mike, fair is fair, right? Fair of course, fair. gets him unstuck, yeah. Right, charge me. So, anyways, uh, Jed comes out there, tows him off, and it he, he drove 20 minutes to the boat ramp, one mile to Mike's boat, took a rope, hooked it up, two minutes later he's off. So, he's maybe got an hour and a half into this job so far, pulled him off. And then Mike was like, well, you know, what? what's going to be the bill? Well, he tells him the bill, and, of course, Mike's jaw about hits, <laughs> hits the, the Mississippi River, you know. And so he tells him, he says, and we, if you know Mike, you've already bragged on him. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot to ruffle his feathers. Yes, mother, very right? much so. Mike is the, just, I can't say enough about him. He goes with you know, isn't that a little expensive like that? And he looks at Mike and he says, you're fishing for $100,000. And Mike looks at him and is like, what, is, what has that got to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's like know, and it cost me five grand to be here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, shoot, man. Well, anyways, they, they ended up, you know, Mike kind of was like, he called his in- so here's where we're at. Mike called his insurance company and said, "Hey, this towing service of Tom Monsoor uh, is going to charge me twenty five hundred dollars." He goes, and I even know the page number. He said, "Mike, on page ten of our insurance policy, he says a fair and reasonable uh, co- uh, cost for that service." He says, "Mike, we're not going to cover that." Now, I'm going to remind people that Mike had an, a- had an accident come up in Florida mm-hmm. where his boat caught fire. Mm-hmm. He had to get an airboat towing 15 miles. They had to wrap a special thing around it, took it to the fire department. They charged Mike. They had three or four hours into it. They charged him $500, okay, <laughs> $500 to tow him 15 miles trailer at 30, I think it was 31 miles to the fire department and get him out of the water for 500. Okay. So even if it was an expensive price, but when he said 2,500, I said, okay, if you're proud of that price and, 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 and here's the thing, we contacted Tom, we caught, we tried to contact Tom. We tried to contact Jed. We tried to contact Karen Savick. No responses, none whatsoever, just to try to talk it out or whatever. Well, okay, if you want to play like that, I'll try to get you through YouTube. And I got their their attention. I got got their attention through YouTube, and I got them to, to, you know, then then they started contacting me, and, you know, I just basically asked them to do the fair thing. I said, do the right thing. You know, and if you if you still want to charge them something, do the right thing. Well, here's the ironic part of it. Tom and Karen had claimed, David, we have nothing to do with it. David, we have nothing to do with it. That was Jed. That was Jed. That was Jed. Oh, okay. Um, Tom Monsor on paper is owner-operator. <laughs> Karen Savick. Karen Savick was taking information down 
emailing bills, doing the secretary work. Jed did the pull you off work, right? <laughs> he pulled him off. But David, we have nothing to do with it. We have nothing to do with it. And it's kind of ironic. Then Tom Mansoor, not Jed, Tom calls up uh, Mike Sermon and goes, Mike, I want you to rip the bill up. <laughs> okay? Now, if Tom has nothing to do with it, <laughs> wouldn't you think that Jed would be the one calling Mike up and saying, hey, Mike, I, I overcharged you. I'm sorry about it. Rip the bill up. But if Tom had nothing to do with it, why is Tom calling and telling Mike to rip the bill up? Okay? So it's kind of, you know, it, it, you know, there's a lot of – I took screenshots of some of Tom's comments. Yeah. Uh, a lot, every, every comment I got screenshotted. I know what he said. I know, And I have a feeling they wasn't – basically in reality, Tom and I think Karen – and maybe Jed, too, didn't think it was a fair price, whatever. So here's the rest of the story. So I put that video up. I was pretty harsh, you know, yeah. calling them out. Yeah. And, and I felt that I needed to. And I felt that and, – and here's the thing. When you say just throw it off on your insurance, well, think about this. If you just throw it off – somebody's getting robbed, Okay. Maybe in their mind, Mike wasn't the one getting robbed, but somebody has to pay a robbery fee of $2,500, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it was Mike or the insurance company. Yeah, somebody's finna pay it. <laughs> somebody's going to pay that robbery fee, which I felt was a robbery fee. Somebody's got to pay that. Well, if Mike... Mike, would, nobody's really going to tow in a, 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 I mean, turn in a towing service on their insurance because you got deductible. Then they're going to raise your insurance. It's going to go out the roof. So who wants to turn in what should have been a five hundred, very expensive five hundred dollar towing? Bar? No, we would have paid that out of pocket, right? No you doubt, know? of course. Yeah, you go pay it out of your pocket. But when the insurance said, Mike, we're not going to cover it, you're looking at you know, possible $2,000 out of Mike's pocket. Well, they called and said they they would, you know, my, uh, uh, Tom, who didn't have nothing to do with it, called Mike up and said, rip up the bill. Well, Mike, of course, you know, was thankful. They, they talked a little bit. And I felt it was only fair to – I did a, I actually did a follow-up video. Yeah, I saw it. I, I saw it, yeah. I thought it was fair yep. to, to – to say, I took the video down, I thank Tom, I thank Karen, and I thank Jed. And I, I think it was fair that I would do the follow-up video just saying, hey, thank you. And and I think, and I'm going to speak on them a little bit, I think they actually called up uh, Dean Rohoff and told him to rip the bill up. So I think that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's you good. Know, that's good. Just, Right, despite, so I think... I can't I, believe I can't Dean remember. didn't just, like, use a frog to get, you know, like a bunch of frogs to float <laughs> his boat up off of it or something. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, Dean. Come on, Dean. He could have put you his got no tackle on. in that boat. You just got frogs. They don't weigh nothing. 
He, he could have waited for a wave to come in and, and jammed his frog box yeah. underneath the boat. Yeah. It would have lifted it up and just floated it on out. And Spro would have overnighted him some more if he lost him. I mean, if he crushed the frog. Yeah. Come on, man. Golly, I Dean. I, I'm really ashamed I that Dean called Tom. I, it makes me think less of Dean. <laughs> oh, So... Look, you and I talk a lot about the goings-on in the world, and, and I think you're like me. You shoot from the hip. You're proud of the person you are. You, you're proud of your opinions. But if you feel like somebody does something and, and makes up for it or whatever, you can come back, and, and that's human nature, man. That's, that's what we should do. You came back. You made a video. Now, I think it's fair to say, and I know you agree with this, and I think Tom and them would agree with this, that had you not made that video – they would not have done that. I, I don't feel, I, you know, because Mike is a pretty passive guy, quiet guy. Even though he was upset about it, he probably, in my opinion, wouldn't have pushed the envelope that much. But then he got, oh. then he got Double D involved, and 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 you made the video, and I think it got, like you said, got people's attention. You had already reached out to him. Had you not publicly done that. I think we would have been, you know, it would have been a whole different conversation, you know. Uh, and I hope that, man, look, if they're running that business up there locally, which the locals probably don't get stuck as much as out-of-towners do, but still, man, that's a, that's a pretty good little racket there. <laughs> yeah. At 2500 even 500 bucks a pop, you got to think. If you're just pulling somebody, like you said, if you're pulling a guy off a sandbar, one one acceleration on that daggum airboat will pull a, a ranger right off there. Uh, you know that's a pretty that's a pretty good gig. So, um, and then Tom yeah. and then Tom ended up being the one winning a hundred grand. He ended up being the one that won it after Jed said that to Mike. <laughs> and Tom won. Yeah. It. And Tom won it. But yeah. well, have you heard from them since uh, your this latest video? Nope. Since you kind of cleared the air. Well, not a word. I, I, uh, I really don't didn't expect to hear nothing. I, I, I did contact, and I'm not gonna say which one it was. Yeah. When we were texting back and forth. Uh, when I said, I just said, I think if you do the right thing, right, do the right thing. I said, I'll take the video down. Is what I said. I said I'll take the video down, and. So they text me back and said, hey, uh, you know, Tom called, uh, what you call it, said for him to rip it up. I said, okay. I said, the video's down. I said, I'll take it down. So I would think, right, I would think they would be like, thank you, right? Whether right or wrong or indifference, I'd be like, wouldn't you say thank you? Like, yeah, of course, nothing, nothing, not a word, not a thank you, not a nothing, nothing. I had, I said, and then it, it ate at me too bad. And I said, I said, a thank you would be, and I texted to that person. (laughs) I said, a thank you. I said, I I would think a thank you would be in, or something like that, you know, like, because that video was going, Viral. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I put it up for a day and a half, and, it, and for much it went to nineteen thousand yeah. views in like a blink of an eye. Me and you are a lot alike. Luke throwing a chatterbait, Dudley throwing a chatterbait, no views. Luke talking some mm. crap, Dudley talking some crap, 
mega views. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like, exactly. we don't care about shaky heads, Luke. We don't care what Ned rig you fish. We want you to say something stupid. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, hey, so g- it- give the people what they want. I like it. I'm here for yeah. it. I'm here for it. Yeah. All right, buddy. So move, moving on real quick. I didn't mean to keep you this long, but I, I, I love it. And I think hopefully you low lifers out there, that answers all your questions about Dudley in the video. Couple quick things. It's a weird week for me, and I and I and I'm wondering where you're at or if you're even paying any attention because you're a really busy guy. But this FLW title event is about to kick off, which used to be the cup. Is it weird for you that there's no Forestwood Cup this year? Because for me, it's very strange that there's not a Forest Boot Cup. Now, granted, if it was if it was going to be like it always was with an, an arena event and all that, they wouldn't even have been able to have it this year, right? But that aside, is it strange that there's no Forest Boot Cup and that you're not fishing it? Is that a weird feeling? Absolutely. I think I've got um, – I want to say it's 24 Forest Boot Cups of – uh, that I've fished 24 <laughs> Forest Wood Cup. Unbelievable. So, Unbelievable. So for me not to be at the Forest Wood Cup this year is definitely strange. I, I think it would be, in truth, I think it would be even stranger if I would see them in a coliseum, see them at the fun, fun or, you know, what, fun zone or Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. The, at the arena, yeah. At the arena, I think it would hit me harder, you know, because that would bring back memories and, you know, familiarity oh, and yeah, stuff man. like that. But now that it's just basically a tournament. It's just a tournament. Of, yeah. It's just a tournament. I don't think it's going to pierce me as hard as it would if I was to see them, you know, watch them on live and watch them stroll into Coliseum and Wait, that would have hurt. Yeah, no doubt, man. Bad. And I think, you know, yeah. it's a crown jewel. The cup was a crown jewel and and second only to the classic. And FLW, mm-hmm. it was a first class event, man. It was one of the most amazing events you could ever be a part of. And I only got to fish it once and it was it was special. It, it was one of the most special weeks and and that I ever got to experience fishing. It was very cool. But I think it's a shame, really, in my personal opinion, that it's a shame that it's no longer a tournament. I've talked about that on here to death, but I had a former cup champion last night text me. I will not say their name uh, just for their privacy, but they text me a picture. They have a championship wrestling belt as the trophy, and he said, what an absolute blank shame <laughs> this is that instead of a crown jewel like the cup, they now are fishing for a wrestling belt. And I do have to agree with that, that that is kind of kind of silly that it's a wrestling belt. But uh, all I hope is somebody gets hit with a chair. That's all I hope is that it, that it turns into a Royal Rumble. But I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, – and obviously now behind Bass Pro Tour – and FLW, the pro circuit being a feeder system, it is technically on paper AAA. That was my biggest fear going in after the buyout, you know, because the tour had been the top level of FLW, like the elites were the top level of bass, and it was just kind of those two for years. And now with Bass Pro Tours above those. So I wondered what you thought about that this week because it has been a little weird. I'm seeing, the, I'm seeing my buddies that are there posting, and I'm like, man, it's just such a different vibe 
than the cup was and FLW's coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like when it was cup week, it was the freaking cup, man. You know what I mean? It was like tons of coverage and it's like, it's just doesn't have that feel to it at all. Yeah. I don't know if the feel is not, is, is, I don't, I'll agree with you. It's like the feel is not there. And I, I don't know if because of, you know, COVID not being able to get in the arena style format you know like it's something different they're doing the mlf format of course yeah you know like and i think if you're fishing the event i want to say this because i don't want any of my i don't want anybody to take offense to what i'm saying in that it is a very hard tournament to qualify for there are 50 guys that earned to be there um that qualified through the flw pro circuit this year on top of fishing against 56 bpt guys and a big freaking huge field so the guys that are there probably feel like it's a great tournament to be at i'm not trying to knock the event i'm saying that i'm saying that it is a very different feel than the forestwood cup and it's just not the cup and the cup was one of those big deals in bass fishing to me it was the classic and then the cup and if you won either one of those you were that that was something to hang on your mantle that they can never take away from you 100 percent agree with everything you just said it's like it's like, you know, it, it's just, I reckon what we're, we're, we're kind of getting at and we're saying, I mentioned earlier in this, this uh, show that, you know, it's a different game. And like, what we know as the Forestwood Cup is five bass, you know, we're going That's for right. the biggest. Chris, you know, Chris Jones hooping and hollering in an arena. Right. It's just a different vibe because... It's like going, I don't know, it's like a football game where 11 players are on the field and now all of a sudden you're playing a game of football with, you know, six players on the field and we're playing flag football. Yeah, and I I am very interested to see how these guys adapt to that format, man. I mean, I am because none of them have played it. They're treating this just like a BPT with two days of practice. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to be glued to it watching my buddies to see how they do with this crazy format, but it, it's just it's weird, a, man. It's an easy transition, though. It, it kind of is. I I feel it was a very easy transition uh, for me. I mean, for the most part. But do you practice any different? Because I had Justin Lucas on, and we talked about his year one struggles, and he's like, man, I think I didn't practice right. Have you changed the way you practice, that you've practiced for years to be one of the – one of the best guys on tour. I mean, what what did you do from that standpoint? Yeah, practice practice was different for me, where you had to you had to hustle. You only get like a day and a half, so you have yeah. to hustle to look at. And I think in this format, you can't look at the whole lake in a day and a half. No, like, on a typical lake. So you have to say, hey, this section of the lake, I got a day and a half, I got to figure them out. And you just hope that in that day and a half, and you hope that you pick the right section to dissect. Where it's going down, yeah. Right, and that's all you can do. And if you don't, you're going to know quickly. <laughs> you, you did not pick the right section of the lake. When that guy in the back of the boat says, David, um, <laughs> score tracker update from – 30 other guys <laughs> than you. And you're like, uh-oh, rot row raggy. Yeah. I think we went to the wrong end of the lake really quickly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Exactly. I, 
I'm interested to see what they do up there. I, I think it's going to be an interesting event. It just, it's just very different, man. And and I knew as a former Cup champ, I wanted to ask you that question because, like I said, I had another one reach out to me last time. I was like, man, this is just kind of a this is this is kind of a kick in the teeth, man. But uh, all right, buddy. Hold on. Go ahead. So no, go ahead. Here's one more thought. One more thought. So, you know how the tour has become the feeder, you know, until this COVID thing, but, you know, it's become the feeder system for MLF, which every circuit needs that. They need a... Got to have a feeder system. Correct. Yeah, you do. And they didn't in the beginning. They just invited a bunch of dudes and they didn't have a plan and then they bought FLW, which we've talked about. Yeah. Right. So, it... Whatever they got it structured, just right. like any other circle would have it structured out, which is which is fine. So it's like the FLW tour became quote unquote AAA. Now, me yeah. and you both know, <laughs> way <that laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not right. It's not. We know <laughs> the FLW tour is not AAA. <laughs> not we, anywhere close. <laughs> no, and granted, they lost a. When I say oh. they, but. You know, we had a lot of loss, a lot of anglers. Yeah, we had some people leave to go to another league. You know, they went to Bassmaster, so we lost a few regular checkers. But for the overall league, you got Matt Becker, you got Ron <laughs> Nelson, you Dude. got you got some studs yes. that are in this league. Yes, and I've always it, one thing I thought of, and I said I thought of, and I said, you know what? I said I wonder. 15 years from now, and I'm just thinking, I wonder if 15 years from now, I got four, like the the people that are past cup champions, that are past angler of the years, you got Andy Morgan, Clark Winlet, you got me, you got people who have multiple angler of the years. I wonder if that next generation is going to look at us and be like, Eh, Andy Morgan was two-time AAA <laughs> at of the year. That's a great you know, point, man. You know what I'm saying? That's like, a great they, point. Is, is, the, is the high school kids 10 years from now yeah. going to appreciate Andy Morgan being dominant? Um, <laughs> dominant. Right, yeah. And they're going to look at my four angle of the years and be like, oh, Dudley, I see you were – Four-time AAA <laughs> Angler of the Year. And, no, well, and look at your all-time leading money winner and be like, right. oh, he won all that money beating up on those guys in AAA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I it's, totally it's get it, dude. Like, I mean, think about 1998, 1999, around there, the Wheaties Box Angler of the Years. Clark mm-hmm. Winley, Denny Brower, David, David Walker, Dan Moorhead was on a Wheaties Box. Back then. I mean, think about that. It was the pinnacle of the sport. FLW really was putting a lot of heat on bass then. I mean, it was craziness around that mark. And there'll be kids that are like, oh, yeah, that that qualifier trail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad those guys qualified for the big leagues. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man. That's it, though. That's such a great. That's such a great thought, though. I love that because it makes sense, man. Yeah, a guy was teasing me. He said, "Dudley." He said, "You know, ten years from now, he said all these high schoolers they're going to look at you and 
They're going to think you were the triple-A man of the, of the century. <laughs> They're going to wonder, why didn't he move on quicker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just he was yeah. just robbing the money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me. Buddy, that was awesome. I think we got. I think we do have to end it on that because that was awesome. I love that. Okay. Y'all think about that out there, low lifers. That is crazy. This is coming from the man himself. D- those FLWAOYs. I had somebody comment this last week. They're like, "Yeah, FLW basically like was dominated by the Bass Pro Tour guys, and it's a you know the cream rose to the top." And look, I get Justin Wheeler one. I get Justin Lucas one. Jacob Wheeler, excuse me, Justin Wheeler. I like that. I may invent a character in a video game named Justin Wheeler. But seven out of the ten at Sandusky were BPT guys. I get that. But also, there was a great mix of FLW guys in there with against BPT guys as well, though, in those events. And it wasn't just dominated by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion, by Bass Pro Tour guys. And I think you would agree with that. You had some that got checked, some that didn't, some that were consistent, some that weren't. And you know, I, I think it's th- that those guys on the pro circuit are no slouches, man. They never have been. And it's the same as the elite. I get those coming. There's nobody at the elites I know anymore. And I'm like, yeah, you're not paying attention because they're smashing right. them. They're smashing them over there. Like those guys are catching the crap out of them. So uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting. I, I just hope that we can all get through this craziness that is 2020 and that 2021 we can get back to some normalcy hopefully uh as far as the way our tournaments are ran and all that stuff but buddy i am uh i'm challenging you to a fishing duel on youtube and a, a fishing racquetball challenge fat cat newton is my partner you pick yours let's do it i like it so it's me and stupid darian stupid darian you, okay okay me you and fat cat i like it I like it. Let's you let's do it. Yet. Let's do it. I'm in. All right, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, Thanks, Dudley. David Dudley. There's one thing for sure about Dudley. Besides the fact he's a great human being, there's one thing for sure. He's never at a loss for words, just like me, and I like that. So we went we went a long time there. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Uh, hope you enjoy Low Budget Live every single week and. Every single week, it is brought to you by these folks right here, the fine folks at StarTron, StarBright Solutions down there in Florida. They are kicking ethanol in the teeth with the StarTron enzyme fuel treatment because you do not want ethanol getting in your weed eater, in your chainsaw. I actually talked to a guy about this 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 weekend about how bad ethanol is in a weed eater and that if you're not using this, uh, it's a guy here in my hometown True Value Hardware. He says he, he sells a ton of this, which is, is really cool. He's actually trying to sell me some, which is funny. Uh, but treats 256 gallons. This big old bottle right here. Got your measurement on the side. Hit you a little dab right there in your tank, and you'll be good to go. Outboards, your vehicles, everything. Lawnmower, chainsaw, weed eater, kicking ethanol on the teeth. Start trying, and nothing ruins a, a good day on the water. Like bad fuel and an engine that won't run. Startron. So there you go. We appreciate those guys bringing you LBL for a long time now. And coming up soon, we're adding some more sponsors to Low Budget Live, and I cannot wait. Got a lot of things coming up. And some merch while we're at it. Some merch. It'll look different than this. This was a special hat given to me by Jamie Sizemore to Bassmaster Classic. But got some merch coming. Got a website coming. Lots of things. Lots of things. Moving on. I just saw, I recorded this on Sunday afternoon. This is the podcast for Monday, August 24th. But 
Recording this on Sunday afternoon. The Bassmaster Elite Series just wrapped up. Just wrapped up on St. Clair. And those guys, I got to watch a lot of it. It was a good rainy weekend around here. And they blitzed them. Caught the snot at them. John Cox, I thought he was going to go wire to wire. He ended up coming in third. And Bill Wilder, I think that's how you say his name, Bill, from Alabama. He used to fish the Alabama Bass Trail a long time ago. Uh, got his – I mean, he, he's kind of, you know, unknown over there, in my opinion. Got his first win. He was so excited on, on camera. Did a great job on camera breaking down what he was doing. 86 pounds, 7 ounces. And Bill Wildler from Alabama takes the St. Clair Elite Series on ESPN2. That's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Uh, I love seeing guys get their first win. So congrats to Bill on that. Hopefully we'll get Bill on the podcast. He'll do the whole podcast gamut. Y'all know me. I ain't. I ain't trying to grab him up. He'll probably be on every single one of them this week. Uh, but we'll get Bill on. I like to talk with Bill. Uh, got several guys I want to talk to from now. I want to talk to my buddy, John Cox, who now leaves there and goes with no practice to Sturgeon Bay for the title event, FLW title event, not a four-week cup, title, fishing MLF style. He's got to go over there, but he got lucky. He drew that second because they're breaking him up 40 or – 25 and 25, whatever the case is, he got uh, lucky to get in that second group. So he'll rush over there and he'll fish at Sturgeon Bay. But I think John Cox, uh, he'll probably be trouble over there, even though he's never been there. He'll he'll smash. He always smashes. Other fishing news this week. Toyota Series. Got to say congratulations to my buddy, Kurt Mitchell. Fished the tour with Kurt for several years. Kurt is an awesome, awesome dude. He won up at Sandusky Bay, which, by the way, can we have another tournament at Sandusky Bay? Holy crap. Uh, those poor fish are like, no, no more drop shots. But Kurt Mitchell won up there, and then as he basically uh, said he was going to do right here on LBL, Ish Monroe won on the California Delta. Won on the California Delta, the Toyota Series. He opted out of the Super Tournaments. That was one of the things he said. He wasn't going to fish those, even though it didn't conflict. But I think he won another big tournament on the Delta last weekend. But Ish pulled it off, won it, took the lead after day two, never turned it loose, won that thing. And it was very interesting for me, that tournament. California has a deal, I think, this time of year. You can't fish past like 1230. So the weigh-in started like 1230 every day. Crazy. Really short day, 6.30 to 12.30, so six-hour days. But Ish caught some big bags, and uh, he's really dialed on that delta out there. There's no doubt about that. But congratulations to Ish. Congratulations to Kurt Mitchell. Very, very cool uh, to see Kurt Mitchell win that. Uh, I like seeing that. Now, I will say payout, both those guys won like 26, 27 grand. Those Toyotas have just not panned out, and and I I really am going to be interested to see if they – continue with those next year with so many divisions or they bring those back to try to you know congregate anglers because they did they had a lot of divisions probably wouldn't matter in the west that much obviously uh because you really only have a one western division i feel like most tournament trails have done that have the west coast deal but they split them up in the south real bad the northerns really shouldn't have been affected by that either but they were and i, I think the forestwood cup being taken away probably had a lot to do with that. Even though the, the Toyota Series Championship is a big payout event, two hundred grand guaranteed, hopefully, and uh, no entry fee deal up on Lake Cumberland. I mean, I, I feel like it's a big tournament to qualify for. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was just twenty twenty, if that new strategy just didn't work. I don't. I don't know. But uh, those have not had a lot of boats in them 
overall, and the payout is not what uh, was advertised, you know, and, and, and I get it. I get that with that. But I, I just wonder if the strategy with FLW, MLFLW next year on those will be different, will be different at all. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Something out that's going to be interesting to see, and, and we're rocking and rolling here, rocking right along. Something else that's going to be interesting to see is the NPFL, baby. Thank y'all so much. I know I'm just now getting to it, but thank y'all so much. From the bottom of my heart, for the kind words, the post, the comments on NPFL site, y'all picked the right guy. He's our dude. Can't wait to watch. I mean, y'all don't understand, right? It's hard to explain what it means to a guy that an organization like that would come to and say, you're our guy. Take that a step further, and you don't understand what it's like for a guy to have people that care what you have to say enough to be excited for you, to care about what you do, have never met you, and are that excited for what you've got going on in the future. And and I, I hope all of you get to experience that at one time in life because uh, the announcement came out Thursday. We did a podcast that we had filmed a couple weeks ago when those guys were here, met with my family. We had two days of meetings here at the LBL Barn Grill. There were shenanigans going on right here. And it's just really mind-blowing to me the overall reception that that announcement got from folks. And I, I just appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. I, I appreciate the people that don't like me, as weird as that sounds. Like, if you're watching, if you're listening, even if you're bad-mouthing me on a forum, you bad-mouth me in the comments, whatever. Like, I appreciate each and every person that listens to this. Uh wholeheartedly like it's just uh it's it's really really special uh to know that people tune in every single monday they start their weeks with this there are some questions you know i got posed a question and this took a turn and we'll talk about this a little bit i'm not i'm not gonna go deep in this because i don't feel like it even needs this much talk but i was posed a question by mark jeffries at bass talk live btl and he, he emailed me a congratulations, right? And he then, and, and you'd have to know Mark, but, but he then asked some questions about bas- basically saying that I wasn't going to be able to do what I do now and do that job, right? More or less, passive aggressiveness. I took it as that. Mark and I had a back and forth via email. And I've always respected Mark. I have. Uh, even even in a couple times where I didn't want to because of some things that I had heard that have been said about me and other podcasts and different things. But but I've always respected Mark and what he's done. He's got a, a, an amazing following and a big studio. And him and Matt do a great job. They do a great job. Um, I'm just here in my garage doing my thing, right? But he did send me this email. And I sent him a quote back that basically stated, and I have no idea if he's talked about this, not talked about it. I don't care um, whether he has or not. But, uh, but I basically said, you know, I risked a 15-year-long career with TH Marine to take on MLF. And, and he was just going to, like, 
isolate that part, read it on his show, which I didn't know we were doing an interview, right? It was, it was an email. He didn't ask me to be on the show. He sent it in an email. But, and what I mean by that is, you know, the Jim Wilburn thing, all, all that that was going on, like I, I did, I, I defended myself. I didn't take them on. I'm not trying to take them down, blah, blah, blah. People are like, you bash MLF, you hate MLF. No, I, I haven't had it. There was an isolated incident. If I talk about it on here, I'm opinionated. Um, and and that was a moment in time, right? Now, did it get a lot of views? And all? Of course it did. But I defended myself. And that's what I said. I risked a career with TH Brain because Jim Wilburn did indeed in that time last fall. He called my bosses. He called them twice after two different podcasts. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to go back over that. But but I'm saying a a commentary, a commentating gig is not going to change the person I am. And Brad and Paul and Al with the National Professional Fishing League, in the first conversation we ever had, that is what I said to them. I won't change. I won't change to be the, the, the face of the life coverage. I won't change who I am. And they know that. Anybody that knows me knows that. So to ask me that question is just stirring the pot. And, and it's, it's silly. It's silly. Now, it was also said to me, well, Zona and Mercer wouldn't do something like that, but you may be setting a new trend. Well, here's the thing. Mercer is very opinionated about other leagues, and so is Zona. And so is anybody else that's affiliated with a tournament organization talking about another tournament. You know, it's, it's, that's how this world works. But Dave makes videos. Now, you know, I don't know if Mark knows that Dave makes videos, but that was one of the examples he used in his email to me. Maybe you're going to set new trends. It was a very passive-aggressive email, in my opinion. In my opinion. Uh, in the announcement, all the announcement hubbub on Thursday, only negative thing that I got. That was it from BTO. That was it. That was it. And... He and I have talked. He said he'd represent me professionally on the air, and I'm representing him professionally. That was something. I mean, he sent me an email. I, he said he was taking a journalistic approach after the fact. I didn't know we were doing an interview. So I, I don't know I don't know what Mark's going to talk about on the air with this, but I definitely want to tell you my side and, and um, tell you and say again, thank you to the people that were positive and nice. And, and uh, you know, I have seen a couple a couple of comments, and I understand where that concern would come from. How are you going to, you know, look, man, I've told these guys, if we do something that's stupid, I'm going to talk about it. I say we because I am going to be employed by the NPFL. If Bass does something stupid, I'm going to talk about it. If they do something great, I'm going to talk about the great things they're doing. MLF, same way, good, bad, and ugly. I am a transparent person on this show, behind this microphone. It has won a lot of people over. It's why you guys tune in. I'm not going to change. I'm not. Podcast for August 24th. Go back to it. If I change, say, oh, we sold out. We told you so. Whatever. But to bring that up in the very beginning, get out of here with that crap. I don't have time for it, man. I don't have time for it. I, I don't have time for people that can't progressively think or think that 
it could be possible for there to be two standalone things. Luke Duncan with the NPFL and Luke Duncan for Low Budget Live. Now, I understand there are people that can't separate things. I get that. But that is how the NPFL is approaching it, and that is how I am approaching it. Low Budget Live was here before the NPFL, and I'll keep doing it right through the next 20 years with the NPFL, I hope. Okay? So if you like the format of the show, it ain't changing. It ain't changing. I mean, if there's anything I've established, it's it's that I, I'm not afraid to say anything. I, you know, barring ruining someone's life. Uh, I mean, there are things I choose not to talk about, but I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not afraid to go up against anybody. I'm not afraid to 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 speak on things and. I enjoy this. I don't do it because I think I'm smart. I don't do it because I think I'm funny. I do this because it's it's it is something that very therapeutic for me. I love doing low budget life, and I'm very appreciative to each and every one of you. And there are lots of you out there that listen every week between iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. There's lots of you. Y'all can see the numbers on most of it. There's lots of you. There are a lot of you, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I try to, as a show, stay in my own lane. I do. I don't care what companies are sponsoring other podcasts. I don't care, for the most part, who other podcasts are having on as guests. Don't care. Don't care. I would never try to interfere with that. It's not who I am. There are people in the industry that do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, Probably could at times, I guess. I don't care enough. Like, I have so much love and respect for so many guys doing shows, and I still feel like, even though I'm, you know, going on three years into this deal, and it's going well, I am the new kid on the block still. I have nothing but love and respect for iClive, nothing, Bass U, Stray Cast, Pat Renwick. Those guys kill it, man. And we're all like, we talk a lot. It's like a brotherhood. They like what I do. I like what they do. And there's so many more out there. But those are like the big guys on the block to me. You know, when I when I started this, those were the guys. Like, I leaned on the guys at iClive so much when I started this. And what inspired me to even do this was going on their show and having so much fun. And I called them and I was like, hey, man, I want to do a live thing, a podcast, but I don't want to infringe on y'all in any way. They were like, I mean, Mike himself... Do it, buddy. You need to be doing it. That's awesome to me. It's awesome to me. So here we go. Ran over. But MPFL, man, thank y'all so much. There's going to be more to come. There are going to be roadblocks. We're going to have targets on our back. I get it. I totally get it. And I'm here for it. Y'all know I'm here for it. So thank y'all for the support on that. And I all I can promise on my end, with what control I have over what I do for the NPFL is I'm going to give you the best show I can give you and I'm going to make sure we can showcase each and every angler that decides to put it out there to compete in that inaugural season and give them the best coverage I can give them. And I want to make you laugh and I want to give you details and I want to interact with you through our live chat and it's it's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We are coming up on in about two weeks. There's going to be another big announcement of another member of the team, and we're working on a third right now. So I cannot explain to y'all how excited I am. It can't get here soon enough. 
And and I hope and pray that uh, you guys will tune in and enjoy it as much as I'm going to enjoy uh, talking about bass fishing for seven hours a day, okay? Moving on. Moving on. Right here. Uh, something else I want to say right here. Here we go. Something new. I'm going to end the show with this. I'm going to try to do this every week. Y'all know me. I'll probably forget. Winners and losers of the week. Huh? Just a little winners and losers. A little idea I'm throwing out there. I like it. Winners and losers. Let's go with the winners list from this week. I've been watching a lot of Bass Live. ESPN2. Winners from this week. Taku Ito. Dude. My wife's been watching. My kids, they love him. He's infectious. He's like pure joy in human form. Like if you just bottle up and sell his laugh, it's like infectious. Taku Ito. Amazing. Hope y'all got to watch it. He also went three for three in top tens in that northern swing. Along with Corey Johnson. Incredible. Three for three. Chris Johnson went two for three, I believe. Three for three. Unbelievable. Jay Yellis, big winner this week. A lot of coverage. Good to see him back. Like my dad said, man, I hadn't seen Jay in a long time. Jay Yellis, one of my favorite human beings. Class act, former classic champion, former AOY. Just one of those quiet guys does his thing. And he called him this week and called him shallow. It was really cool, chatterbaiting him. Very cool. Jay Yellis. John Cox was a big winner this week, I felt like, because... Not only is he a largemouth guru, he's now a smallmouth guru. And he, he, he showed us that. He had a really interesting strategy. Very cool. I think that uh, obviously Bill Wadler has to be added to the winner's list. Big week for him and his family to be holding one of those blue trophies. Man, not everybody gets a chance to have one of those. Huge congrats to him on that. Mullets. I think mullets, let's show you. This is going to be bad, but let me show you. I think mullets win the week. I think mullets win the week. You know, Swindle gave John Cox's mullet. Swindle did, of all people. G-Main. And I have given myself this one. Now, I got a buddy that listens to this, Sunset Grooming, Mr. Big Fred. Y'all going to get to meet Big Fred on the channel sooner than later. But Big Fred, he'll, he'll hook you up. But I did a little subtle mullet myself, so there you go. A little subtle mullet, but mullets won. And the last winner on my little list right here, Garmin. Right there, you boy. Garmin Panoptics. Live scope. Holy freaking crap, man. Taku Ito, uh, I believe that Cody Holland had one on his boat. I believe it's Cody. Uh, that The Federation dude that called him this week. But so many guys. Clark Winlet, Chris and Corey Johnston. Of course, John Cox didn't have one. But... All these guys, I'm not sure about Bill Wadler, but Panoptics is changing the way smallmouth bass get caught and they get fished for. It is not a miracle drug. You still got to know what you're doing, but by George, you can see them. And it, it's crazy. It was so so exciting to watch the guys panning around. Obviously, I, I am I am team Garmin. I am sponsored, all that good stuff, but I'm obsessed with LiveScope. I love it. And it's just another tool. And it's, it's pretty freaking awesome. But I think through that northern swing, if there is one thing that that came out a winner, that's Garmin Panoptics, LiveScope. And it's, it's uh, definitely, 
Definitely legitness. Legitness, as my kids say. Moving on to the losers. It's a short list. It's a short list. The losers of the week, in my opinion, the Forestwood Cup qualifiers, Andrew Upshaw, Travis Manson, Matt Pangrak for BTL. A couple more guys in there. But those guys were guaranteed a spot in the Forestwood Cup through fishing the coasts and qualifying in the Coastal Championship after MLFLW became a thing. They were told that was a no-go. I covered it on here. We've talked about it. Upshaw even made a post about it this week. But those guys are losers this week because they're not getting to fish that title championship. They didn't even extend them an invite, hey, come fish this thing. So FLW technically is having a championship. It's not the cup. That was in the brochures. That's a that's a bad look. Bad look for MLFLW, in my opinion. You you let those six dudes come fish. That's my opinion. That's how you that's the olive branch in that situation because it, it's it, it was garbage how that was ha- handled, in my opinion. The second loser on my losers list, the dude that should get a big shiny forest wood cup this week for working his butt off and qualifying and should win 300 grand. That dude, the big trophy that so many people have won, so many people, and he's going to get a wrestling belt. That's cool. I'll say that. But it's a belt, and we don't wrestle. It's, it's fishing. Trophies. Cup. So, and then the, the unfortunate, in my opinion, third loser on the loser list here, Ron Nelson, who won Angler of the Year, had an incredible year, won Rookie of the Year last year, but no $100,000 prize beside it this year. Now, in, in MLFLW's defense, right beside uh, AOY and how it would be, you know, decided, in the rules, it said, you know, basically prize TBD, to be decided. Um, they, they are giving him entry fees into next year, so that's a $30,000 shot right there. So he did win something, did win something. And it's like Dudley was saying, can you make the argument that a triple-A feeder system should pay $100,000 for AOI? I don't know. It just always has for the last several years. So for Ron, if he wins it last year, he wins hundred grand. wins it this year, gets his entry fees paid. I don't know. You know, that, that, that's a lot of that is with this MLF buyout of FLW losing sponsors. There's a lot that factors into those kind of things, but I hate that for Ron because he had an incredible year, had to overcome a lot, and he did not win $100,000. And for that, I say that's bull crap. That is bull crap. So Ron Nelson, shout out on a great year. Sorry you didn't win 100 k Maybe you'll win 200 up there. He will be one to watch at Sturgeon Bay. He will be one to watch at the title event. Now, I think that uh, I think this is going to be a very cool event to watch. I wish all my friends and neighbors that are up there best of luck figuring out that format and, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully winning them a wrestling belt and 200K. It goes a long way. Got a lot of friends in that one this week, and it's going to be one that I, I'm definitely going to be, uh, be watching, be watching to see what happens. But thank you so much, guys, for listening every week. Like I say, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel. And also I want to say one one quick thing about, about YouTube. I'm sorry for the ads. I'm sorry. So I, I guy was stupid Darian, he showed me some things. 
So YouTube was just like, they've apparently got a lot of ad money coming in right now, right? I don't, I don't control that part, but I, he showed me like a cheat code. And that last video, YouTube had put like 46 ads in the NPFL video, but you can manually take them out. So I did that. I went in and took them out after it had been up for a couple hours and there were a few comments that guys were like, seriously, dude. So I went in and took them out. I apologize for that. They've been, they've been like that in some of my fishing videos I've heard too. I'm sorry. I, that's something I might have started paying more attention to. Uh, now that I know where to look and all that, I'm, I'm not a guru with this stuff by any means, but stupid, dumb Darian helped me and I apologize. So thank you for bearing through that to see the, uh, announcement. If you're one of the first ones that had to watch the video with, with ads. So I got those squared away. Hopefully no more of that going on through the podcast. Cause through an hour podcast, dude, they'll load. It was like averaging out to like every three minutes and that's insanity. Too many, too many ads. So Got that, got that going on. Uh, one thing I want to say, big shout out, Alabama Bass Trail. Miss Kay Donaldson, huge shout out. They sold out for next year, both divisions in like an hour or something crazy. So congratulations to Miss Kay on that. That's a very exciting deal. People want to bass fish, man. People want to bass fish uh, for sure. They want to fish tournaments, and, and I'm excited that that trail sold out again for next year. Big time, big time. All right, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This week on Thursday, there's going to be a Lake Teresa How to Build Your Own Trophy Bass Lake video coming up on the channel. Make sure you watch that. Make sure you like it. Make sure you comment. I'm going to take you out with some Bluxy Blues. Speaking of Teresa, make sure you hug your dang mama. Tell her you love her. And um, always, always do that. Thank you all so much. I will see you all. Next time. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no. Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.